Hey, you guys have low expectations. I've not been doing this for six months, so uh, there you go. Hey, uh, thank you, uh, Matt, for uh, hiring me back. <laughs> so uh, appreciate uh, that. And thank, uh, thank all of you. And thank those of you who are uh, watching online, those of you who are at Fitchburg and downtown for so many thank you cards that my wife and I got that you wrote last uh, spring and summer. We got over hundreds and hundreds of them. And some of you just wrote pages and pages. And the stories that we read about what God has done in your life uh, it's just amazing. So thank you for sharing those things. with. Thank you for praying for my wife and I for the last six months to have a great uh, sabbatical because we have had a, we're not just fine. We're like way better than fine right now. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. We heard from so many of you. We heard from people all over Wisconsin, all over the United States. We heard from people in Jakarta, Tel Aviv, uh, Singapore, so those of you who are watching in those places, so thank you uh, so much. And I got to say thank you to uh, Pastor Charles Yu, who's the lead uh, teacher uh, on the teaching team, uh, for risking uh, having me up here for the, uh, to start the series. So thanks uh, to him for that. And I'm excited about this series. So we're calling the series, I'm Fine, I'm Fine. How uh, God meets us when we're actually not fine. Here's the calendar uh, for the series. This is what we're going to do. Uh, today's January 2nd. Exhaustion. I have that talk. January 9th. Anger. Charles does that. Anxiety. Matt's got that. He's the senior pastor. He's got all the anxiety in the world. He should do that talk. <laughs> January the 23rd. Discontent. Michael Napstead. Does anybody see anything funny about this slide? Who gets the exhaustion talk? least exhausted person any of you actually know. I just had six months off. I could do a handstand right now. I mean, I am, I've got so much energy. You guys, I'm the least exhausted person anybody knows. I get the exhaustion talk. <laughs> it's a short talk. Here's the talk. Work a job for 27 years. Get six months off, get off of all social media, answer no emails, and you'll be absolutely fine. How's that talk work for you? Does that work for you? It's great. Awesome. So there we go. Let me close in prayer. Get the worship team back up here. My New Year's gift to you. Short message. Awesome. Hey, say it really doesn't really work that way, does it? Because many of us are like, we're like my wife's iPhone. Here's a picture of my wife's iPhone. See, uh, see how many apps she's got? <laughs> Look at the top, uh, top right corner. Her, her iPhone looks like that constantly. She's constantly draining and her battery is constantly, you know, just about not there at all. Incidentally, it would be cool if we all had little icons above our heads, wouldn't it, that you walk around? You look at me, I'm at like 100% battery right now. But many of us are like, you know, 2%. Some of us are like zero. And like we are like, what? We say Happy New Year just because tradition. Not because we really mean it. Because we are like, we are like done. COVID-19, whoa. Two years of this? 
whoa, really? I mean, it is just exhausting. None of us ever been through it, and we're going through it. And then the Omicron virus, and then just what Madison schools did this week, and no school tomorrow, and they're trying to make a decision, and that just brings the anxiety level up, like what, 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 what? You know, Matt's got the anxiety talk. I'm going to let him handle that one. But we're just like, whoa. Holidays. Yeah, that's exhausting. For some of us, that's the most exhausting time of the year. Not only to like we decorate, but we travel. Many of us are watching right now in an airport someplace. And travel? This holiday season? Whoa. It's totally exhausting. Our jobs are exhausting. Relationships are exhausting. Mostly just disappointing. Many of us are like, our batteries are completely on empty. And we are like, we're done. We're done here. Some of us just working up the, the courage to even go online right now and just watch a talk. Worship. Maybe that'll help us. We're depleted. A lot of the things that deplete us come from the outside, but we do things ourselves that also deplete our battery. We speak lies to ourselves. Here are a couple of those lies. First lie goes like this. I don't need to rest. I don't need to rest. I'm okay. I'm fine. I just keep going and going and going. You know, the model that we have in our life is uh, this bunny. Right here, you know, it's, that's the model. I'm just, I'm, go, I'm good, I'm good. I keep going and going and going and going. You guys, if we're followers of Christ, that's the wrong model. Jesus should be who we follow. And we know Jesus. Did he ever get exhausted? Absolutely. He got exhausted many times. Here's one of those times. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. The, the Greek for asleep means asleep. <laughs> Mark and Matthew also record this story. And when Mark records this story, he says he got a pillow in the stern of the boat, and he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and the storm subsided, and all was calm. Three of the gospel writers include this story. They don't include this story to let us know that he was exhausted. They include this story to let us know that he had the power over nature. But we also see in this story that the most powerful human being that ever lived also got totally exhausted. Go back to that verse. They got into the boat, set out, and they sailed. He fell asleep. And the squall came down the lake. The boat was being swamped. You ever been in a small boat? And had to, like, whoa, like this. Can you go to sleep in that? Anybody who goes to sleep in that is like 
totally what? He's exhausted. Now, if the most powerful person who's ever lived can get totally exhausted, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that you can get exhausted too. And when you get exhausted, you should sleep. Don't buy the lie that you don't need rest. You need rest. Here's the second lie. I'm responsible for it all. I'm responsible for it all. If you want a job done right, you got to do it yourself. Those of us who have uh, extra responsibility gene, like mothers and people like that, we're like, yeah, I got I to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. That'll, that, that lie will kill you. Almost killed Moses. We read in the book of Exodus. When his father-in-law, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, I love this, what you are doing is not good. (laughs) You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Some of us buy the lie like Moses. No, I'm responsible for everything. I'm I'm responsible for everything. I do it all by myself. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. That's a lie. And that will wear you out. What you need is a couple of Jethro's come into your life and sit you down and go, hey, look, what are you doing here? I had a couple of Jethro's come into my life and sit me down several years ago, and they just said, look, you're going to kill yourself. You're gonna, not going to last. They happened to uh, use a book with me that I found real helpful. I'm going to recommend it right now uh, for you guys. Uh, it's by Greg McCowan. It's called Essentialism. The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Time management cannot be a reactive process. Time management must be a proactive process. You cannot delegate time management to anybody else. You need to be responsible for that. And you can sit down with a couple of... You got a couple of Jethro's in your life? Sit down with a couple of Jethro's. Maybe buy that book. And pursue less. Because it's not all up to you. Don't buy that lie. Here's another lie. Uh, (laughs) I'm afraid I'm going to miss out. We all so call this uh, FOMO. It's the fear of missing out. Or YOLO. You only uh, live once. You know this fear? We get this from Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, social media. We see what other people are doing. We look at what they're doing. We go, oh, I got to do that. 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 The writer of Ecclesiastes addresses that issue. He writes this. And I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. 
Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Hey, let's participate in the sermon right now. Everybody clear your hands. Make sure nothing's in your hands right now. Can you do that, everybody? Watching at home. Here you go. Take both hands. Hold them in front of you like this. And then make two fists like this. Grab onto two things like this. This is exhaustion. This spells exhaustion. You've got to do your work. You've got to do relationships. You've got to do that. You don't have time and energy to do all the other things that you everybody else is doing. That spells exhaustion. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, do like this. Just let go of some of that other stuff. You're probably doing it because of envy of others anyway. Just get rid of that. One hand full is better than two hands full. Here's one more lie. And this is the most powerful lie. I must work hard to be accepted. Pastor Chris, <laughs> if you knew the truth, Pastor Chris, I mean, you know. I've got a dad that I'll, I'll never, ever please. If I, don't, if I don't live up to his expect, I've, I've got an advisor, Pastor Chris. You wouldn't believe this advisor if I don't do it. I've got a boss, Pastor Chris. If you, I've got a... Hey, listen, you know what? Honestly, many of us work and live around people, and it doesn't matter how hard we work our tails off, we will never please them. Ever. So what do you do? Here's my piece of advice. Stop trying. Just stop, stop trying. You're not responsible for what other people say, do, and think. You're only responsible for what you say and do and think. And if you live your life based upon what other people want you to do, good luck with that. How's that working for you? The person you should live your life for is Jesus Christ. And here's the news. He totally accepts you. Everybody listen, he totally accepts you just the way you are. Because his acceptance of you is based upon grace. Grace means there's nothing I can do to cause him to love me more. Grace means there's nothing I can do to cause him to love me less. It's unmerited favor. You guys, there's a lot of us are struggling with this right now. Because we got a parent, that parent might have, might have even died years ago, and we're still trying to please that person. Just stop that. And live your life for someone who, who ex accepts you just the way you are. In fact, that person, that person says to you, especially in your exhausted state, come in, come <laughs> Come to me. There's a verse in the New Testament where Jesus actually says that, and we're going to look at it right now. But before you look at that verse, I want to warn you about this verse because this verse is, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> in this verse, he gives the remedy for exhaustion. I mean, he does. He says, you do this, you're going to rest. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, what he says sounds wrong. If you've got a Bible, take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. These are the words of Jesus. This is what he says. Come to me, all you who are weary. And let me stop right there. Let me just stop. I'm too excited right now about this passage. Those of us who are just, just dying, you know, our battery's like on zero. Quit texting people right now. This is what Jesus says to you. Come to me. Oh, you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, what's that word? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now remember the Bible is not written to us. It's written for us, not to us. In this passage, Jesus is actually speaking to disciples in the ancient Near East who know a lot about agriculture. And so most of us, I would bet, have never put a yoke on oxen and like worked a field. But to those disciples... What he says right here doesn't make any sense. Here's a picture of a yoke. Two oxen and this big thing right here. That's a yoke. Most of us like never really. Only time we ever see a yoke is in a restaurant that serves bacon and eggs or something like that. (laughs) Two oxen, a yoke. That's about work. I mean, you don't need to know much about all of this to just look at that. That's not about Yoke and rest don't go together. Yoke and work go together. See, it would make more sense if Jesus said, take my pillow upon you and rest for a while. Take my blanket upon you. Take my chair and rest. But he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What's happening here? Yoke and rest. It's like a paradox. It doesn't work together. Let's try to solve this puzzle by becoming an ox. So like I'm an ox. And I got this yoke on my neck. And that means I'm connected to, I got a teammate here. I'm connected to this teammate. I'm yoke, I'm an adult. I'm, that means I'm about four to eight years old. I could live to be 15, but I'm like, you know, I'm like six years old. And I'm stronger than any horse, and I'm smarter than any dog. I only need about four hours of sleep at night. So I make a great worker. And because I'm so smart, I can understand commands really well. And I'm never alone because I work best connected to a teammate. And I'm also connected to a master. I don't have to decide like where to go. My master always tells me. Sometimes when I'm working, I see that there's some 
grass over there that I, I'd, like to get, I'd like to go over there. So I try to go over there, right? <laughs> we can't because I'm connected to this guy right here. And then my master, he's pulling on the reins. No, 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 no. Sometimes I see another group of oxen and they're like moving faster. They're going faster, faster, faster. And I say, well, you should pick up the pace a little bit. I can't do that because I'm, conne- I'm connected. I'm connected here. I can't do that. I'm connected here and I'm connected back there. The yoke is about being connected to someone else. Take my yoke upon you. And then what else do you say? He says, and what? Let's look at the passage again. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn is an English word. It translates the Greek word mathetes. 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 Listen to that word, mathetes. We get our English word mathematics from that word. It literally means to, to learn. Disciples translates the Greek word mathetes. A disciple is not someone who's perfect. A disciple is not necessarily a follower. A disciple is a learner. Jesus says, take my yoke, be connected to me, be connected to my Father, and learn. Well, what are, you gonna, what are we supposed to learn? What do we learn? How do we learn? How do we learn from him? Well, we can, uh, a first sermon back, you guys, wait for it. We can read the Bible. <laughs> Duh. Read the Bible. Oh, where do, I start? where do I start? Where do I start? Matthew, that's a good place to start. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is a good place to start. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And if you, if you pick up the Sermon on the Mount, you guys are the first of the year. Here's a good assignment. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Just read that over and over, and you'll learn that Jesus thinks that prayer is really important. Go into your room. Close the door. Pray to your father's unseen. Your father who sees what you do in secret. Well, don't, when you pray, don't keep on praying and babbling like the pagans. They think they'll be heard because of their many words. When you pray, pray like this. And he actually gives us a model prayer. Don't just love those who love you. Love your enemies. Pray for those who pray. You learn that. You can learn to not judge other people. Don't judge lest you be judged. You learn those things when you're yoked to Jesus. Some of you say to me, well, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. Let me ask you a question. You got time for Netflix? You got got time for that? You you, you got time to watch movies? You, You got time for social media? You got time for Facebook? I'm just going to push back. I'm just going to push back. You got time. What are you doing? Some of you push back and you go, yeah, I read the Sermon on the Mount. No, 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 no. Some of those things in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, that's like an impossible ethic that he puts out there. You know, you can't, nobody can perfectly do everything in the Sermon on the Mount. It's impossible. I get that. I get that. But you know Jesus is the kind of teacher who 
even makes learning impossible things that we think are impossible kind of fun, actually. Because he is, oh, what did that passage say? Put that passage back up here. Because he is gentle and humble in heart. Things that seem unnatural for us, like not judging people, or like praying on a regular basis, or like loving our enemies, things that just don't seem natural at all. When we have a gentle and humble teacher, well, he, he makes those things like, well, he actually do them. My grandson just turned five on New Year's Eve. His name's Silas. Thanks for celebrating his birthday. This last summer, uh, when he was uh, four and a half, uh, some of the things that we did was uh, we would take him to swim lessons. And Silas had a swim instructor. She was so great. She was gentle and humble in heart. And man, she was a great swim instructor. One of the things that she wanted Silas to learn how to do this summer was to learn how to and to enjoy swimming underwater. Not a natural act to swim underwater. And so the way she got him to do that, which was very unnatural, was that she would like take a toy that was weighted and she would uh, throw the weighted toy. It's like a, like a, f- a f- flat uh, disc or something like that, very colorful. And she'd throw it and she, you know, you're in about like four foot of water. She'd throw it and the thing would just drain, drop down to the very bottom. And then she'd want Silas to try to swim down to the bottom, She's like, <laughs> you know? So then he'd try once, and then, you know, he'd go under, and he'd come in, <laughs> you know, can't do that. And then she'd, you know, he'd swim over back to her. And, you know, he's just like, ah, I can't do that, I can't do that. And then you know what she did? <laughs> you know what she did? This is what she did. Then she took him like this, and she gently shoved him underwater like that. <laughs> <laughs> if I gently shoved my grandson underwater, his mother would never let him swim with me again. But she's a gentle, humble teen. She'd just push him like that. And of course, he didn't make it the first time. He'd come up and go, oh, 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 But he'd swim over to her, who he totally trusted. And she says, you okay? You okay? You okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she would gently shove him underwater. And then again, gently shove him until finally, gently shove. (laughs) That's like those words don't go together, right? Like yoke and rest. When we're yoked, we do things that are not natural. We don't think we can do. I, can, I would ne- I'll never forgive that person who hurt me so much. Gentle shove. Woof. Whoa, I can't, do, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Woof. Oh, oh, oh. I, I can actually forgive them. Not judge people. I got to judge people. That's what we do today. Gentle shove. No, no, no. No, no. When we're yoked and we're connected to him, we do things that are unnatural 
And he's there with us. The Holy Spirit gives us energy. And we're going down the same path as Jesus is going down. We don't do this. We don't do that. We don't do this. We're going down this path. And Jesus says, that leads to, when I do this, you can participate. (laughs) It leads to, it's very profound. It's very profound. In fact, if I'm reading this correctly, there's kind of a principle. Jesus is saying that the outcome of being a disciple is what? Sounds like work to me. Yeah, that's the whole idea of this metaphor, you guys. These words don't go together. Like gently shoving a child. Yoke and rest. But it works because we're connected to a gentle and humble teacher. That's interesting, Pastor Chris. That's great. I never, I never saw that passage like that before, but I don't know. You know, it's this whole idea of yoking, and it's just crazy, and I've never, I don't get it. It's hard for me to relate to a passage like this because we're not ancient Near Eastern farmers. None of us have ever plowed with oxen in a field before. It's hard to relate to. But all of us can relate to one of these things. Right? And when these things are drained, what do we do? We get one of these things right here, right? And we got to plug this thing up every day. We may not read the Bible every day. We may not pray every day, but man, we hook these things up every day. And when we hook these things up, that limits them, doesn't it? You can't take this anywhere because you've got to be standing next to the power. Now listen, you guys. This is January 2nd. This is low-hanging fruit, you guys. Every time, really, this next week, this next month, every time, maybe it's at night, in the afternoon, when you get out one of these yokes, you remember this message. And you ask yourself the question, am I connected to Jesus the way I should be connected to Jesus? Am I I learning from Jesus? Did I learn from Jesus today the kind of things that Jesus would want me to learn? Am I living my life today the way Jesus would live my life if he were me? Because Jesus says, when we are yoked When we are yoked to him, we learn from the humble teacher and we find what? I didn't hear you. We find? How many of you believe that? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are some exhausted people. And we have been spinning our wheels 
doing one thing and another thing and another thing. And we have, we have forgotten about the most important thing. Just like uh, we have to connect our devices to uh, a power outlet, we pray, Father, every, every night when we grab one of those white cords and we attach our device, as soon as we see that white cord, we will think about a yoke. And we will ask ourselves, am I connected to Jesus the way I should be connected? Maybe for some of us, it's really just as simple as, as just finding Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and just reading that over and over and over again. Maybe for some of us, it's just taking the time to just confess sins when we have judged people, when we don't love our enemies and pray for those who persecute we, we just, I pray, Father, that you would help us to do the work of connection and learning that leads to rest. Pray this in Jesus' name and for the sake of his reputation. All God's people said, amen.